To listen to memory card episodes early and ad-free, consider supporting the show via Patreon at patreon.com memcard. Hey there, video game fans. I'm Ben Bertoli. And I'm Push Dustin. And this is Memory Card. So, Push, do you enjoy memes? I, I love memes. How did you know? I just, I guessed. Maybe it was just being your friend for the past two years that really <laughs> brought it all into focus. No, there's a meme, and this one I think goes back to Avengers Infinity War when that movie came out. Yep. So there was this meme about Avengers Infinity War a long time ago. Well, a long time ago being a few years. Yep. And it was basically saying that that movie was the most ambitious crossover of all time. And, you know, people were making jokes. They're like, no, no, like, this is the most ambitious crossover of all time. And then it's like, you know, Timmy Turner and Jimmy Neutron meeting each other. <laughs> some oh, yeah, silly yeah. thing. I remember that. <laughs> so I thought that we could talk a little bit before we get into this episode, because it is very much a crossover topic mm -hmm. about some crossovers in the gaming world that maybe people aren't aware of or just ones that you think are uh, interesting or funny. So is there one that stands out in your mind? Yeah, um, probably one of my favorites is actually Dream Mix TV World Fighters. You know, besides the elephant in the room, Smash Bros, because that's the ultimate <laughs> crossover ever. But obviously, Dream Mix TV World Fighters was a game for the GameCube, and I think it also came out for the PlayStation 2. It had Hudson, Konami, and uh, Takara characters in it. So it had like some toys mixed in with video game characters, and it was really wacky. <laughs> it was a brawler, platform fighter, just kind of like Smash Bros, but um, had a different mechanic and everything like that. So it was pretty cool. Now, I assume this never made its way to North America. Uh, I believe it was Japan only, yeah. Because it sounds like uh, potentially a licensing nightmare. Yeah, I would imagine so. <laughs> you got three big companies all with very prominent characters, and it's hard to get them uh, all together. Also, like, not many Americans would know, like, Lika-chan. It's true. There's quite a few characters that are popular in Japan for, you know, video games, manga, anime, anything really that just have no presence outside of this on the world stage. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> now, the two characters that I'm going to talk about in my um, amazing crossover are known globally. Mm -hmm. They are some of the most popular characters ever. Wow. And I, I say that jokingly, but honestly, it's not that much of a joke. And it is Sonic and Garfield. Yep which uh, sounds a little bit like Simon and Garfunkel, now that I say it out loud. <laughs> it is not a uh, folk rock album. They're just jamming. <laughs> yeah. No, so Sonic and Garfield sadly never actually shared a game together. You know, they never got to team up yeah. in the same way that uh, Sonic and Knuckles or Sonic and Tails did. But in 1999, there was a Microsoft Windows pack mm -hmm. released that was Sonic and Garfield pack, and it came with uh, Sonic and Knuckles collection, and a Garfield game from the Sega Genesis, mm -hmm. and also this game called Baku Baku. Do you know this game? Not on top of my head, no. Okay, well, that's kind of sad, Push, because on the, <laughs> on the back of the box, it says that it is the best puzzle game in the world. Wow, that's, that's quite ambitious. Yeah, when I read it, I felt sad because I'd never heard of it, nor had I played it. <laughs> and after watching some footage, I, um, I'm not quite convinced, but... Yeah. But since Knuckles is in the Sonic game, it's really um, Sonic, Garfield, and Knuckles. Yes. Sounds like that'd be a great sticker. We should make that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and hand it out. 
All right, well, get ready for some crossover madness because here we go. Whoa, 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 whoa. crossovers. Oh no, I'm being sucked into the crossover zone. We made it. We made it. Wow. And we have landed in YY world. Woo. That's W-A-I-W-A-I. Not not like why. Like why? Why am I here? Yeah. Oh God, it's so terrible. <laughs> this topic, I wanted to talk about it for a while and I was a little worried that there just wasn't enough content. But uh, when I really started digging into it and focusing on every single character that shows up in this game, and honestly, there's not like that many. It's not, you know, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Yeah. I was like, okay, there's plenty of content. There might be too much content. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to skip a little bit of uh, intro here mm -hmm. because I was going to do a little bit of a history of Konami because that is who made this game. And it's very important yep. um, that you understand that they're a game developer, but really that's all you need to know. <laughs> Konami is a game developer, and they've made many, many games for a long, long time. I can confirm this. Yes, it is true. So Konami YY World is a game that came to the Famicom in 1988, right at the beginning of the year. So uh, I wasn't quite born yet, but this game mm. did come out, and it was only released in Japan. Not much of a surprise to people out there who know NES games. This one did not make its way across the many oceans to get to us this was a game where the main character mm -hmm. was konami man oh do you know who konami man is have you heard of this guy he is the man of konami he is yes that is <laughs> an <laughs> accurate representation of what he does so konami man the best way i can describe him is he almost looks like a chunky toddler who's dressed as superman but instead of the Superman emblem, he has a K on his chest, a yellow K. Okay. And um, he's got red gloves and like a blue outfit, kind of like the red underwear. He, he, he looks like Superman from the neck down. And then on his head, he's got a red cap with another K on it. And he's got wings on the, on the hat that, you know, kind of mm -hmm. like he looks like he's fast. And on the box art, he's like sprinting forward. And uh, he is the main guy here. And... This is crazy because I'd never heard of this character before. I thought, you know, oh, they just invented him for this game. But no, he's been in like 30 Konami games. Oh, really? Yeah, not as a main character. Usually he's just like an icon or he like shows up in the background. Or you get a special power up. Mm. But they've just been throwing him in games for the last, gosh, like 30 years. The first time he appeared was in 1984. And the last time he appeared was in 2020. Oh, okay. So he's been in everything. In fact, he showed up in a game that you talked about in an earlier episode, uh, Bishy Bashi Special. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He just kind of yeah. like shows up. You know, that game's wacky already. And he <laughs> he's there. But yeah, I, uh, I guess there's like a version of him that's an icon like his head. Yep. And if you get it, it's like the ultimate power up in um, lots of different games. Yeah, I'm looking at uh, pictures of him right now, and he does look very, very familiar. Yeah, I mean, he is kind of like the classic superhero, but they kind of kidified him a little bit, especially after his showing in this particular game, because obviously he was around before that. Yeah. So YY World is basically this big crossover of all these Konami characters coming together, um, working together, you know, fighting evil. And it's 
pretty ambitious, I would say, for its time. YY is the onomatopoeia in Japan for like a noisy, crowded area. Yep. Why, 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 why? I guess. It reminds me of the... Uh... It's, it's a sound effect. Yeah. <laughs> it reminds me of the seagulls from Finding Nemo. Mine, mine. Mine, mine, mine. Why, 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 why? Why, 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 why? Yeah. <laughs> so along with Konami Man is Konami Lady. Of course. Who is a female android who was created by Dr. Cinnamon to fight alongside Konami Man. Mm-hmm. And we'll get to Dr. Cinnamon here in a bit. He sounds like he should have his own cereal, but sadly, Uh, he does not. Konami Lady is unfortunately dressed. She is essentially wearing a red bikini and has a headband, and she Mm -hmm. also has the little uh, wings on her headband that show that she's fast and uh, very scantily clad. There's some suggestive artwork out there, uh, some of it official uh, of uh, Konami Lady, but she's very similar to Konami Man. And then as you play through this game, there's different levels that represent different Konami games from the past. Well, the past at that time, which would be, you know, the mid to late 80s. Mm -hmm. And um, I thought it'd be kind of fun if I just kind of went through and broke down each character where they came from, because some of them have ties to like Japanese history. Some of them have ties to American movies. It's it's really weird. Mm-hmm. The first one, and I know you know this guy, and that is Goyamon, the ninja yep. from the series Go For It, Goyamon. And uh, Push, if, if mm-hmm. you could describe him, what's his biggest feature that you can think of when you think of this character? Um, he's round. Yeah, he has, he has a pretty round face. But is there anything else that sticks out? Oh, oh the, of course, the, the hair. Yeah, yeah. He's got yeah. like a huge like blue tuft of hair on his head and like very like piercing blue eyes and um apparently in his first few games he looked nothing like this oh really now he's he's very much known for carrying this pipe yep along with him and i don't mean like a lead pipe i mean a pipe for like smoking things for those who are unaware Mm -hmm. um but he is actually based on a real thief from japanese history like a famous outlaw hero whose name is Ishikawa Goyamon. Ah. And uh, apparently he stole gold from rich people and gave it to the poor. Kind of like Robin Hood. Yeah, he's essentially the Japanese Robin Hood, or perhaps the tales of Robin Hood come from him. There you go. He was kind of known for both being like a really good thief and also like goofing it up all the time. <laughs> like, <laughs> he, he ended up actually being caught and they boiled him alive in a pot an iron pot oh in front of some temple yeah and you know historically some of these facts are a little iffy but this one seems to be pretty credible was that they said that he was going to be boiled with his son in a giant pot Mm. uh to death and uh, some legends say that he held up his son and and let himself get boiled to death and so his son survived some say he like threw his son in there immediately so he would have a quick death. Oh god. Yeah, it's kind of messed up. I mean, ja- lots of Japanese fairy tales are pretty messed up like that. <laughs> yeah. America likes to take those and like really, you know, make them a little more PG, kind of like Cinderella and and that kind of thing, you know, from the German fairy tales. Can you imagine going back in time and meeting the real Goemon and being like, "Hey dude, you're going to become a character for a, a video game company called Konami?" <laughs> And you're going to have blue spiky hair and, um, yeah, you'll become like an icon, but no one will remember you. Stay away from those, uh, (laughs) stay away from that boiling bath there, buddy. Yeah. 
people who watch anime probably know the name Goyamon because it's one of the main characters in Lupin the Third, which is one of my favorite anime and manga. Um, and he's like a super, you know, like cool samurai who is apparently the 13th, you know, grandson, great, 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 however many grandson of the original Goyamon. Mm -hmm. At least that's his, you know, uh, claim to fame in the show. Goyamon, as he appeared, which was much closer to like a, you know, real old school thief samurai he shows up in this game next is simon belmont the mm third -hmm. who um i'm not going to get really deep into this one yep. he's from castlevania most people know castlevania if you don't i guess we should do a full episode on it at some point but play play smash bros yeah go play smash brothers go watch <laughs> the netflix series if you're old enough to do so it's uh it's fantastic and there's a lot of really cool background lore on castlevania so there's also like a great collection of castlevania games on the switch oh yeah yeah go go buy those go play those i mean he's a guy with a whip and a sword who you know fights vampires there's dracula i don't want to get into it more yeah you know dracula specifically wow one interesting episode we're gonna put things on pause for a moment to briefly explain how you can support memory card if you enjoy our content, you can show your support by leaving positive reviews on your podcasting service of choice. Four or five stars and a few kind words go a long way when it comes to convincing others to give the show a listen. So please do so if you find the time. Spreading the word is also very helpful. If you know anyone who's interested in gaming or history, or both, you should consider sharing memory card with them. Every season we strive to reach a wider audience, and you can help. If you're feeling extra supportive, you can head over to patreon.com slash memcard. Every single one of our patrons gets access to early ad-free episodes. Higher tiers include bonus episodes, shoutouts, stickers, and more. We certainly hope you'll check it out and consider becoming one of our lovely patrons. Once again, that's patreon.com slash M-E-M-C-A-R-D. Hey Ben, what's our sticker for the season? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. This season, we have a lovely illustration of Gumbo, the Bull Terrier, wearing a memory card sweatshirt, as drawn by artist Alice Carroll. And it's actually the dog of Jamatar who does the theme for our podcast. Whoa, that's like everything I love. I love dogs, I love sweatshirts, I love Jamatar. That's right, and it's a sticker. Whoa, I can stick it on my phone. <laughs> you can stick it wherever you want, Push. Well, thanks for taking the time to hear us out. Let's get back to the show. After Simon Belmont, in this game, we get to Getsufuma. I'm hoping I'm pronouncing that right. And he is from a Japanese-only game called Getsufuma Den. Basically, what happens in this game, mm -hmm. it's kind of like a hack and slash. It's very much like you're just going along a path and fighting off enemies. It's kind of similar to the old Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles games for the NES, if you, you know what those are like. Okay. So this game was released in 1987. and it's supposed to be set in like the far distant future, the year 14,672. Oh. Which is really far out there. We're not going to get there, you and I, unfortunately. Uh, well, not, not with that attitude. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to be like a brain in a jar. Yeah. It's gonna yeah. Be like, or like Futurama. Yeah. Yeah. Brain in a bat. Yeah. So this is called the Demon Age and uh, the Demon Lord of uh, the Underworld, you know, HE mm -hmm. double hockey sticks, has escaped to the surface and he's like i'm gonna beat up the the three brothers that basically like rule this land you know who provide all the justice and uh he puts the hurting on them 
and the only one that survives is the youngest brother, and that's Fuma. Mm. And he's like, I must avenge my brothers. So your goal in the game is to get these uh, special masks, and I believe you have to get your brother's swords back, and then you can face the big bad guy. And there are three main islands you have to go to, and I want you to think about this push. I want you to think about which of these islands you would most like to visit. Okay. There's Ogre Face Island. Mm-hmm. Prison Gate Island. Okay. And Three Necks Island. What's uh what's on Three Necks? I have no idea. I didn't look into it. I just <laughs> thought it was interesting. <laughs> like like the other the first two are pretty self explanatory, but like right. three necks, like that could be anything. Uh, yeah. That could be even be an ogre. You know how much I like ogres. An ogre with three necks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if there's if there's three times as many ogres, you definitely want to be on that island, right? Yeah, exactly. This game was pretty popular in Japan. And apparently they tried to make a sequel for the PlayStation 2, but that game was eventually canceled. Oh. And upon learning about this, I it was brought to my attention that they're releasing a new Getsu Fuma Den game this year. Wow. 2022. They're releasing a new one. In fact, it was put on Steam Early Access in early 2021, and it is coming to the Nintendo Switch this year. And it's called Getsufuma Den Undying Moon. And it actually looks like really cool. I can't believe I've never seen it before. Well, we're going to have to just stop this call and then go play it. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know when it's coming out. Maybe it's already out. But it's got this really cool like art style that's very you know ancient Japan. And I mean, it just looks like a really cool hack and slash. I think it has some like roguelite pacing to it. Yeah, where it like, changes all the time. So mm-hmm. that is uh, Getsufuma. Very interesting series i had no idea existed and the next one's a real weird one and that is mikey walsh do you have any idea what mikey walsh is from i have no idea he is from the movie the goonies oh okay yeah so konami made uh the goonies video game which surprisingly did not come out in north america but then they also made the goonies 2 video game which was released yep. worldwide. And so they were like, hey, we got to get one of them there, Goonies, in here. Let's get the main guy. And Goonies is one of these weird movies that I've never seen. And at this point, I'm like, I, like refusing to watch it. And I'm just like, I don't need to see the Goonies. I know everything about it. <laughs> yeah, I've made it this far. I already know what's, what happens. I mean, it's a bunch of kids who are looking for like a treasure to save their community or something. And Sean Astin portrays mikey in the game now he was a kid obviously when they shot this movie but people probably know him as sam from lord of the rings oh okay he was rudy in the movie rudy and maybe most popularly amongst the youngsters would be bob from stranger things ah yeah yep rest rest in peace sorry spoilers yeah so they were like we gotta throw gotta throw mikey walsh in there from the goonies (laughs) really really strange and along with that movie tie-in king kong is playable character oh the king kong wow and this is from the japanese only famicom game king kong 2 the furious megaton punch (laughs) which is an amazing name for a video game apparently there was a king kong 2 you know like a sequel to king kong that was the sequel to the 1976 remake of the original movie yep i was reading what happens in the video game and i was like that is so crazy and outlandish but then i read 
what happens in the movie. And it's pretty much the exact same thing. <laughs> That's also crazy in Outlandish. Oh, very much so. So essentially, Kong, you know, he falls from the Empire State Building because he got shot by a bunch of airplanes. Oh, no. Yep. And he's in, like, critical condition. I'm just picturing him on, like, a giant hospital bed, you know, like, oh. Yeah, yeah. You know, everyone's Beep. crying. Yeah. Beep. <laughs> Beep. Oh, no. He's flatlining. Beep. <laughs> <laughs> And what happens is they're like, we need a new giant gorilla heart for this, for this big boy. And uh, they're like, well, we need to go find another big monkey. And so they find a female Kong um, out in the jungle in Borneo. And they're like, oh, no. Well, we can use her heart. I guess they do like a, a, a blood transfusion and they make like an artificial heart based on hers. And it like saves him. But then he goes like bonkers and... Okay. And then he like falls in love with the Lady Kong, but they take her away. And so he's like rampaging, trying to get back to her. Yeah, it's a love story. Oh, it is very much a love story. And it has a very tragic ending, which, which I will not ruin. But uh, yeah, so King Kong shows up and he's he's out to get some gorilla loving. <laughs> yeah. I don't know necessarily in this game, but uh, that was that was what he was doing in King Kong 2 for the Famicom. Uh, lastly, of the main characters is a Moai who's named Moai Alexandria. Now, do you know what a Moai is? Yep. Uh, it's actually pretty popular in Japan. Okay. Yeah. Yep. And if you're, like, listening to this podcast and being like, I don't know what a Moai is, it's the thing that Squidward lives in yep. in SpongeBob. <laughs> it's, the, it's an Easter Island head, basically, you know. The Moai are enemies in the game Gradius which is a shoot 'em up game. Well, it's kind of like a horizontal, you know, like you're in a spaceship and you're blasting stuff. Yeah. And they show up all the time throughout that game. And I guess they were thinking, well, this game is very popular, but we can't have someone like be a spaceship in a normal <laughs> platforming game. So they were like, we'll take an enemy and give them a little bit of personality. Yeah. And it's funny because on the box art, you see all these like heroes flying and stuff. And there's this giant Easter Island head <laughs> just booking it. Do you know why they're popular in Japan? I do not. Do you? Yes. <laughs> Please do tell. Uh, so there's actually a version of the Moai in Japan. Oh. Like, Japan has its own Easter Island heads. Like, they became, like, fascinated with them. And, like, a Japanese company helped the reparation of the Moai statues. Easter Island allowed the Japanese to replicate the Moai statues. Oh, okay. They were built in the Nichinan area. So, like, yeah, they're part of Japanese culture now. That's wild. No, I had no idea. Now I don't need to go to Easter Island anymore. I can just go back to Japan. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I even looked into the uh, Moai heads and like learned all about them, but that part uh, never actually came up. Uh, they were originally carved by the Rapa Nui people on Easter Island, uh, as most people know, which is in Eastern Polynesia. And that was a long time ago. That was like uh, the 1200s through the 1500s. They're huge. They're all over the island. Uh, the yep. biggest one, I believe, is around like 33. 30 feet tall and the heaviest one is like 80 tons how they managed to like sculpt these giant things and like move them all over the island is crazy so gradius the game uh was a huge arcade hit um i read somewhere that it was like the number one arcade game of 1986 in london which is like all right that's very weirdly specific but you know yeah very specific yeah london is a big place and that's kind of cool but, you know, you're just flying around, you're shooting stuff. It was very well received because it had this cool power-up system where you could collect items on the screen. 
and then you could use them to buy new power-ups and like you know blast your enemies yeah it's a pretty famous one it was released outside of japan under the title nemesis in some places mm. and uh it was actually the sequel kind of to this game called scramble that came out that was another shooter from that game you actually can play as the spaceship haha i gotcha oh and that is only in the shooter stages of yy world you can play as a spaceship uh, which is named vic viper okay and along with the spaceship from gradius you can also play as a spaceship from twin b which is a pretty popular mm. game, at least in Japan. Tw- Twin B is great. Now, Gradius games are like shooting horizontally. Twin B games are you're in a spaceship or like a, yeah, something like that. And you're shooting vertically, like up and down and yeah. things are coming for you. That was originally released as an arcade game in 1985. It is known as the first cute 'em up game instead of a shoot 'em up game mm. because it is just so darn cute. So cute. If you have the Nintendo Switch Online subscription, it is in the Super Nintendo games. You can play it right now. Yeah. I believe it is the Twin Poppin' Bee, that version. And there's also two other versions you can buy that are just like on the arcade classics or something in the, in the eShop. So go forth. After you're done playing all the Castlevania games, <laughs> <laughs> play, play the Twin Bee games. So those are all the characters that you could unlock in the original YY world. You started off with Konami Man and Konami Lady, and then as you beat specific levels, you could unlock more and more of these uh, weird characters. And that is kind of where Dr. Cinnamon comes in. He's actually a scientist from the Twin B series, mm-hmm. and he's the one who helped uh, make some of the Android characters and things like that. And there's also a guy whose name is Simon, who is his brother, Dr. Cinnamon's brother, and he can bring characters back to life if you give him enough bullets, <laughs> which <laughs> seems ironic. I'm going to shoot him back to life. The other person who shows up in the original game is um, Pentaru, who is a penguin from the Paradis series. Yep. Yeah. And Paradis is a spinoff of the Gradius series, and it's literally a parody of it. It's a combination of the word Gradius and parody. And yeah, you should definitely look up some footage from that game because it is wacky. Yeah. There's like, uh, I, I watched a level where they were playing in Las Vegas and they're shooting at all these, you know, things flying at them. And there's a giant dancing lady. And then you have to fight a, a bald eagle who's dressed in a, an American flag tuxedo and a top hat. It's... It's out there. Mm-hmm. After YY World uh, came out, there were all sorts of other uh, games that were also related to it. There's YY World 2, SOS Parsley Castle. There's YY Bingo, Piccadilly mm-hmm. Circus, Konami YY World, YY Jockey, YY Poker, YY Racing Advance, <laughs> YY Sokoban, yep. which is a puzzle game. And the only one that really made its way to North America was YY Racing Advance, which was a racing game that was known as Konami Crazy Racers. And that came out for the Game Boy Advance. Now, the second game Mm -hmm. in the series added some people and took away some people. Obviously, they kind of lost the rights to use King Kong. They lost the rights for the Goonies. And they, for some reason, decided to take Konami Man out of the equation, from what I can tell. Because now you're a new robot that Dr. Cinnamon created, and his name is Rickle. Oh, really? Yeah. They've added some other people. Bill Riser from the Contra series mm-hmm. is now involved. 
and there is a baby named Upa or Uppa. Okay. U P A. Oh, Uppa. And he actually shows up in the mobile version of YY World, which was released in 2006. So in 2006, once again, they were like, ah, you can't use King Kong, you can't use the Goonies, so you have to replace them. And they replaced, they replaced Mikey with Upa. And Upa is from a game that is literally called Bio Miracle I'm Upa, where you play as a baby who has a magic rattle. Mm-hmm. And uh, all of the adults and other children have been, like, stolen away by some evil goat demon. Mm -hmm. And you have to go and, like, hit people with your, hit the enemies with your rattle, and it makes them, like, expand, and then you can jump on them to get to places. So it's kind of like a creative platformer. Yeah. And I'd never heard of this game. Have you ever heard of this game? No, I haven't. Yeah. It came out for the Famicom disc system initially, and then it came to the regular Famicom. And I guess it was actually released for the Wii Virtual Console in North America. Oh, okay. And that is the only time it has ever shown up in North America. Because it was also released for the Virtual Console for the 3DS and the Wii U in Japan, but not anywhere else. So, Upa or Uppa, he showed up. Uh. And then king kong was replaced by penta who is the main protagonist from antarctic adventure and is apparently the father of pentaru the penguin Mm -hmm. antarctic adventure is kind of wild it's kind of like an old sega game called turbo where you're driving but you're like behind the car and you kind of have to avoid obstacles but in this case you're a penguin okay and you're running to try and get to different research facilities in antarctica I'm not, I'm not sure why, like to deliver news, to just check them out. Um, and so there's like seals you have to jump over. There's like holes in the ice you have to, you know, maneuver around and all sorts of other um, obstacles. And apparently it was pretty popular because they made a couple sequels and it was good enough to get this guy in YY World Mobile. Mm-hmm. And that is pretty much it. There's a lot of different characters. Obviously, Konami Man is, is kind of still kicking around here and there. They've, they've thrown him in some projects. But I would say the vast majority of these characters really have kind of held up. We got Fuma coming back in that new Switch game. Simon Belmont in Castlevania is, you know, as popular as ever. Yeah. It'd be, ni- it'd be nice to see a Goyamon game. Uh, yeah, I think they just renewed the trademark, but that doesn't really say much about it. Right. Because, <laughs> like, companies will like to keep their trademarks, but hopefully there's there's another Goemon. And then the Gradius and the Paradius, you know, games are, are always a, a big hit with people who love retro titles. So it'd be, it'd be yep. great to see a modern take on both of those. Well, last, uh, last year in 2021... Uh, Konami had a contest where people could like design a new game uh, using one of their IPs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe in next year or the year after, we'll see the results of that. Yeah, or maybe though, maybe we'll finally get YY World Three. Exactly, the Konami experience. Yeah, this this time featuring Solid Snake <laughs> and other classic Konami characters. We can only hope. That's all for now. Thanks for listening. Our intro and outro music was crafted by talented chiptune composer Jamatar. 
You can find more of his banging beats by searching Jamatar, that's J-A-M-A-T-A-R, on Spotify or visiting Jamatar.com. If you have any feedback on the podcast or would like to recommend a topic, feel free to reach out to us via Twitter, at MemCardShow. Or you can visit our website, MemoryCardShow.com. If you'd like to follow Ben and I, we can be found at SuperBenTendo and at PushDustin, respectively. Have you considered supporting MemoryCard on Patreon? If not, we hope you will. Currently, we're supported by quite a few awesome people, all of which get access to early, ad-free episodes. These people include Jackson Bertoli, Taylor Bias, Cody Sam, Michael Strickland, Harrison, Jorge Bajija, Manuel Vitella, Shala, Sandra L., Brandon Hanabarger, Sean Marafini, and Nick Callis. All of our Patreon info can be found on the support section of our website or on patreon.com slash memcard. We'll be back really soon with some more gaming history goodness, so be sure to subscribe and leave a review if you've enjoyed the show. We'll see you soon.